I want me some glory hope. To the Football Glory Hole Podcast, whether this is Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio, we thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Sebas, and I'm joined as always here on the Sports Patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Woo, Bo Sebas, here we go. It is labor. Day weekend, we have a full slate of college football, and that got me thinking about Labor Day weekends of the past. And I'm not great with timelines and and precise dates, but I believe it was 2019 Labor Day weekend when we went 23 and six that Saturday. Uh, it was maybe the best Labor Day. Saturday I've ever had in my entire life. I not only did we go 23 and 6, but I ended that night with sex on the beach with a hot brunette. And um look, I'm not saying you need to repeat it and pull us in 15 units on Saturday plus 15 units. Um but just know that if you do, your old pal Longhorn is on a beach somewhere doing the devil's work with a brunette who has had way too much beer and bad decisions in her life. And if that vision from hell doesn't gross you out, certainly the raging case of sand crabs I'm going to catch will do the trick. Now, whether you are here for the funny. It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn spiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Center. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up with those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so that you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. <laughs> we will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast. Bo Cephas, as always. Right here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. 
We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting COVID choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight I am drinking The Boss from Iron Bridge Ice House in Bastrop, Texas. Hmm. All right. Gave it. 3.25 stars out of 5 on my beer app, Barry. Solid beer, and it's very apropos because this weekend, like you said, is Labor Day weekend in Longhorn. Nobody hates that day more than the boss. So, quick history lesson on Labor Day. Right. Labor Day was signed into law on June 28, 1894 by President Grover Cleveland, easily a top three worst name of a president ever. But the more important factoid about Labor Day is that not when it became a thing, but the events that led up to it. Well, basically, the American industrial workforce was being treated like shit in the late 19th century, so workers formed unions and started to strike and protest to get their way. Of course, the companies just sent the cops in to beat the shit out of them or beat them to death so that they would quit <laughs> bitching and get back to fucking work. Yeah. But then, on June 26, 1894, the American Railroad Union called for a strike crippling the, the nation's railroad traffic. So naturally, the federal government did what it always had done and dispatched troops to Chicago and beat the shit out of these stupid peasants so they would get their ass back to fucking work. But <laughs> after they had killed a couple dozen people, that's when old Grover said, that's it, let's negotiate with these people. And he asked the head of the unions, what the fuck do you people want? And they said, hey, we want fair wages. We want our five-year-olds to not work more than 30 hours a week. Greedy. We want the first Monday in September off. And Grover said, and I quote, over my dead goddamn body will your five-year-olds work one minute less than 60 hours a week, you ungrateful swine. I don't know. I don't but he know. continued. I agree to the fair wages, and I'll give you the day off. And in exchange for your children... I am willing to give you a Saturday filled with this new thing we call college football. Yeah. And the, the union leaders immediately said, fuck them kids. You got a deal, baby. And that's how Labor Day came to be, boys and girls. Yes. Those kids can suck it. They just stayed. I mean, really, what were they doing anyways? Pushing a broom around. Just fucking step. We're stepping on them. We're tripping all over them. They're fucking crying about their nap. I mean, yeah, who needs them? Fuck them. All right, boys and girls, it is Labor Day. It's full of college football, but we've got some last bit of business to take care of right here on the podcast. We're going to go to the AFC and NFC East yeah. over under projections, and we're going to go all the way through division winners, playoff games, all the way to Super Bowl predictions. Sure to go wrong. We're going to mm -hmm. do it right here, right now. We're going to make you all that money. We're going to give you free picks, of course, of course, free picks. But right now, we got to get make. We have to make money to do that. Here's this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by CopperGimmick.com. Have you seen those commercials with those old-ass athletes like Brett Favre and Jerry Rice when they walk onto a football field to play two-hand touch and they're wearing like 19 fucking copper braces all over their body? I can't think of anything more pathetic than seeing two of the best players to ever step foot on an NFL field peddling this geriatric bullshit, but apparently the good people over at CopperGimmick.com are ready to up the ante with their brand new product, the Copper Jockstrap. That's right, finally a ball koozie that will keep your man berries feeling as good as the rest of your old ass body, I guess. So if your spermaries are headed towards the infirmary, just slide this specially made jockstrap on and oh my god, your sugar lumps have never felt so sweet! 
How does it work, you ask? Well, I'll tell you. The copper jockstrap has an exceptional fit that cradles your ball bag like the right hand of your favorite whore and makes your testes feel their besties all day long. No more saggy old man beanbag for you, my friend, with the copper jocks no nutsack left behind guarantee. If this jockstrap doesn't help your testicles rest at ease, just simply return it. Fucking gross. For a full refund, apparently. So visit our friends over at coppergimmick.com today and put in our code word glory hole for 10% off this teabag rejuvenation celebration. That's coppergimmick.com, code word glory hole for 10% off this horse shit. One more time, coppergimmick.com, code word glory hole. Jesus Christ, Longhorn, God, I gotta tell you, that copper jockstrap <laughs> sounds like a hell of a product. And uh, at this point, buddy, I think that uh, we're getting to the age we might have to start you know, anting up and using that shit, because I gotta tell you, I took about three weeks off from legs in the gym, and I did them today, and I was barely able to get up the stairs <laughs> to do this podcast, so I thought that I was gonna need medical assistance to get here to be with you, and uh, man, yeah, yeah, I think some copper jockstrap, it's about that time, it is about that time. Yeah, I'm pretty much to the point where, like, when I find pennies on the sidewalk, I just swallow them. I just, I just get them and <laughs> just, I just shove them right down my throat. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. <laughs> Okay, it's happening. Stay f***ing What do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby! Those bells, those bells. Here we go with all the winds coming. We're going to start Longhorn in the AFC East. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. for Zach Wilson's mom's sake, we'll try to keep this brief when we're talking about certain teams. However, we're going to start with those Buffalo Bills last year, 11-6. and six. Uh, obviously, division winner. Uh, their trend line goes to Sus 2017. Six wins they went over. 18, six wins they pushed. 19, six and a half wins they went over. 29 wins over. That was Josh Allen's uh, second year, and he did beat the over trend. Remember, we told you mm-hmm. these quarterbacks, if they beat their second year over under, those are generally ones that are trending towards actually being pretty good quarterbacks for a while in the NFL. Last year, 11 was their number. They pushed on that this year. Vegas expecting some slight improvement. Longhorn 11-5 going over their actual win total and the preseason season total. What do you got on them bills? Yeah, I don't know how you I don't know how you take anything but the over here or pass um, with this team. It's it's a it's a team on a mission, and we've seen this in, in football, we've seen this in other sports. When teams are on that climb of the mountain and they're just not quite there, but they're just they're trying to get there, it's um, they just keep their foot on down on the, on the gas accelerator. And they did that in the offseason also by you know saying big big uh, two middle fingers straight up to the 
salary cap when they brought in uh, Von Miller for a ridiculously high contract for a player his age. However, he is still an elite pass rusher, one of the more elite pass rushers in the league. So foot is down on the gas pedal, and I've got no reason to think they're not going to go uh, all the way through the entire season trying to get that home field and try, uh, for the playoffs and trying to finally get to and win the Super Bowl, which I'm pulling for. I, I like The Buffalo fans are awesome, so I'd like to see them do it one of these years. Uh, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on the roster. It's it's much of the same. Gabe Davis is stepping into that second receiver role, um, and he looks he looks primed and ready to fit right in and be awesome. Uh, you know, a lot of the other stuff is the same. They drafted James Cook in the second round. He's we'll see what kind of impact he makes with that running game. But they've got Singletary, they got Moss, they got James Cook. Not a lot to say there on defense. Like I said, they brought in Von Miller and. Um, lot of the same there you know the secondary doesn't look awesome but then again it hasn't looked awesome um you know uh, over the years but with that pass rush that they have ed oliver root greg rousseau was a hit i don't know if y'all remember me talking about him a couple years ago in the draft process but that dude i love listening to him talk uh pass rushing uh so he's been a hit ed oliver's been kind of a disappointment but he's still a guy there in the middle that you can count on to uh, to at least uh, at least be above average, so just I mean, there's nothing not to like. Coaching staff, quarterback continuity, um, you just like what they're doing. So I've I've got them going 13 and four simply because I just they want home field. They're not going to take their gas off the pedal. So 13 and four safely over the 11 and a half. I believe you just said. Yeah, it's uh, pretty simple one for me. Our number had them. Uh, our number and Vegas actually have them right on 11 and a half wins. You look at games they're favored and what our uh, power rankings projected them historically. Uh, but if you look at last year, they actually underperformed the Pythagorean theorem, which by, by a full half a point, actually a little bit more than half a point, which means they've got some big regression to the positive side coming this year. And that makes sense because they lost two games that they had no business losing. They lost to Pittsburgh week one which we did give that to you, by the way. Um, and they lost to Jacksonville, the worst team in the mm. NFL. They lost to them. Hard to, so, hard to understand that. They easily could have been 13-4 last year. Uh, their division, as we'll go over, my opinion, and by the numbers opinion, did not get any better. So, you know, and Buffalo has improved themselves, like I said. our Like I said, our win percentage has them right at 72%. That's... A little over 12 wins, so I could definitely lean with you at 13-4. I'm going to stick with 12-5, and five, though, just because, you know, Josh Allen does still have a big dummy in him. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. ever go away. So, I see three legit chance for losses and then probably throw in one, maybe two fluke losses here and there. However, if you just want to look at pure fucking rankings from last year, uh, they on offense, they scored the third most points. They had the eighth best points per play, fifth best yards per game. 14th in yards per play, and then third best in, in third down success rate on defense. Let's see, is this good? Points per game, number one. <laughs> Points per play, number one. Yards per game, number one. Yards per play, number one. Third down success, number one. I don't know, is that any fucking good? Pretty is good. Is that any fucking good? Pretty, that was pretty went pretty from good. they were went from like 20th and all that shit to number one. Now you might see some regression in that, but the offense had some moments where it could have been better. Yeah. Overall, like you said, I, I see, it's it's literally 12 wins at a very minimum unless Josh Allen gets hurt. 
it's absolutely an over for me. So yeah, uh, and, and they could be twelve and four going into that last week, and if they've got home field wrapped up, you could easily see. You yeah, know, you that, never know. That could be the difference between going thirteen and four or twelve and five, right where we have them. So they're going to be awesome. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be real good. All right, moving on, to a team that uh, I don't think is going to be very good, and that's those Miami Dolphins. <laughs> nine and eight last year. How the fuck did they win nine games? Other uh, trend line is as such: 2017, 7.5 under. 2018, 7 push. 19, 5 push. 2020, 6.5. They went over that. 2021, 9 push. Two is not, not one of those second year quarterbacks that beat his second year total. All this right. year, uh, they're at 9 wins over and under again. So, no change from Vegas from last year's preseason projection. No change from Vegas from their actual win totals. Longhorn, what do you got on the Dolphins? Say say again what the over-under is for Vegas? Nine. Nine. Hmm. Okay, well, this team and the next team we're going to talk about, I swear to God, I was so back and forth. I could not figure this out on where to place these, but I actually got Miami going under at eight and nine, and I struggle with this mightily. And here's the reason why. Everybody knows by now I am the I'm a roster whore, so I love so much about what this team is doing with their roster. Um, but my struggles were with the head coach, who's an unknown. I do like his pedigree. I do like the style of play that he's putting in. And I actually like a lot of the players that he's bringing in to fit his system. Um, it, but, God, I fucking – like we've talked about this for, what is this, three years now? To, we don't like Tua. I, we, we just don't like him. I need to see it before I can believe it. Outside of Tua, oh my God! Like this is this is a. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Pick your random, slightly. Put Kirk Cousins on this team. Put um, that that level. Matt Ryan. Like just pick your you know slightly above average quarterback and put him on this roster. And I'm and I'm putting them at ten or eleven wins. Um, but I just can't do it just because of Tua and an unknown coach we'll see how that works out but the offense i mean you brought in tyreek hill to go along with waddle to go along with gasecki uh they brought in chase edmonds and raheem moser to go along with that running style they completely changed the, the offensive line style of blocking to to do that more zone um outside zone stretch running scheme that, that they do in san francisco uh and i've talked about the offensive line for a couple of years now they've been drafting heavily in the first and second round they brought in two free agents, Connor Williams, who has actually won the center job. They they flirted with that with him in Dallas. Turns out Miami's going to actually play him at center, and he's won that job. Uh, obviously, Teron Armstead, who one of the better left tackles in the league, they brought him in. Uh, Eichenberg, uh, second-year tackle out of Notre Dame, he's filling, at, filling in at left guard. Robert Hunt, who has one, always been one of their better offensive linemen at right guard. And Austin Jackson, a uh, second-year tackle out of usc he's won that right tackle job these are all first round second round players we'll see how that all fits together like i said the the talents there the scheme there we'll see how that fits but but my god like it's just two i can't get over the two thing on the defense i'll go real quick on the defense it's actually much of the same they didn't really change much over there but that defense was good last year um and you can tell me exactly what the numbers were but um the defense was good and, and it's a lot of the same players coming back so all in all it's a 10-11 win roster that I'm putting at 8-9 and nine just simply because I don't 
like or trust Tua, and I just don't know about the coaching staff. What do you got? Yep, so if you look at what Vegas has done for this team, uh, they've had one over, one under, and three pushes in five years. I think that Vegas has them pretty well judged. Uh, When you look at the fact they gave them nine again, they're only favored in nine games. Vegas is telling you eight wins right there. You know, there's no variance to anything. They're just, they're begging you to walk up. They're begging the fans to walk up and bet the over. And probably a lot of them will, but obviously the sharper people are going to bet the under. Like us, uh, yeah, I'm going to take 7-10, and 10, though. Oh, go a little bit further shit. other than that. Uh, Woo! Two of stinks, and our numbers say they'll come in at 41, 41%, the winning percentage historically. That's right on 7-10. and 10. And the defense was fine. The defense was in that, you know, slightly above average range, which that's all you got to be. We've done that study historically to go all the way and win the Super Bowl. That's fine. Mm-hmm. However, their offense is so fucking terrible when it comes to just efficiency and it's not going to get better and like oh they got Tyreek Hill I've already seen that in the preseason I saw Tyreek Hill get open for a bomb as he does and Tua old noodle arm <laughs> literally underthrew it so bad that by the and he did complete it but by the time the ball got there the guy was right on top of Tyreek and tackled it now was it a big chunk play sure but all big chunk plays do is get you closer to the end zone and closer to the red zone where Tua fucking struggles in mightily they do not score nearly as many points as they should for as many yards as they get if you look at their yards their points per play 24th in the league that is bottom third Mm. yards per play 29th almost dead ass last and they only score 22 points they're the 22nd uh, ranked scoring offense because of that and now their third down success rate above average right at 13th in the league you're going to get that when you get a Tua, because that's his bread and butter. The third and five, the slant, that's where he's going to make his money. But again, that does not win you football games in the NFL when you cannot put the ball in the end zone. You can create no explosive plays. And even with the greatness of this Tyreek Hill, Tua's not going to be able to take full advantage of that. He's going to underthrow him, because that's all he can do. And you're just not – those those 60-yard touchdowns are going to turn into 30-yard completions. Still good but not great. It's not that special factor. So, yeah, they're not going to win nine again. And, yeah, I got them winning seven this year. Yeah, it's just uh, it's same as mine. It just comes down to a straight to a handicap, and we just don't we don't like them. We don't like them. We don't like them. All right, moving on to those New England Patriots. Ten and seven last year. How the fuck did they win ten games last year? Holy shit, that was one of our four losses on the over-under. Whew, that one stunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, their trend line, no really need to go over it. It's been awesome. Obviously, they've had Tom Brady. Uh, their first year without Tom Brady was 2020. It was nine wins was their expected total. That, boys and girls, was an easy under for us and an easy win. Uh, last year, there was nine and a half was their over-under, and they went slightly over that. So, post-Tom Brady, they're one under, one over. Right where Vegas wants them. However, this year, Longhorn, despite winning 10 games, despite having a 9.5 overrunner last year, their overrunner this year is 8.5. Vegas dropping a full game for preseason expectation and a game and a half of actual results. (laughs) After that rookie season, after the McCookie Monster was the best rookie in the Mm -hmm. NFL, Longhorn, what is happening? What is happening with these Patriots? Well... Um, they're 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 a tough team to read. I mean, it's it's 
you know, there's so many things that factor in here. You got one of the better coaches of all time. You've got look. I'm, I've got them nine. I've got them nine and eight, and I struggle with this because I wanted to put them at eight and nine, but it just comes back to too much respect for the coach who just seems to find a way to keep on. Um, you know, just doing a little bit more with a little bit less. I mean, he's been doing that. He even did that with Brady. I mean, they're, they're, unless Cam Newton is his quarterback, and then no. Well, what was their record when they had Cam? Seven and nine. Yeah. Still sixteen games. Yeah. And how in the hell did that happen? But you know, like that 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 dude. Earl Runner was nine. Yeah, and that it was that an was an easy win. That was an easy win. Right, but looking back on it, we knew that Cam was done, and and like I mean, I mean he was done. Like as soon as he stepped on the field, he was already done. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't look. I mean, what do you say? I mean, the, the reports from training camp, he's changed his whole running scheme from the power, uh, from the power running game, which his offensive line fits all of them besides Cole Strange, who they drafted in the first round, a third round guard. He actually fits the. Um, the stretch zone running scheme that he's changing to, and they've looked like doo doo, absolute. They they look like on offense they can't move the ball. Um, why is he doing that? I don't know. But you know, when when Belichick does things, I gotta assume it's for a reason. I gotta assume as the season progresses that they'll get better and better, um, and that there's an actual plan here. Um, I hope for his sake, or he is staring at. One of his worst seasons ever. Um, on defense, they lost, obviously, J.C. Jackson. But, um, look, I mean, if there's one thing that, that Belichick does good or well, it is draft and develop DBs. They took a third round and a fourth round DB this year in the draft. They've, they're they pretty stacked, honestly, in the secondary. Um, you know, so I, I don't anticipate too much trouble there. Um, it's not great, though. You know, the, the front seven's not great. It's not what you expect from a, a usual Belichick defense. But I don't – I mean, you can tell me the numbers, but I don't remember being very great last year and they won 10 games. So, all in all, it, this whole handicap, much like with Miami and it, it came down to Tua, this almost all of it comes down to um, Bill Belichick and, like you said, Mac Jones, who had uh, – Really, an, an actually really impressive rookie season. So he's going into his second year. We'll see how that off that offensive change plays out as the year goes forward. But I've got him nine and eight. I really struggle with Miami, New England tremendously. Uh, but what do you got, New England at? Well, I had a look at their seasons. I really was perplexed of how, and they they it wasn't like a fluke. They straight up beat our numbers. They were just a better football team than we both expected them to be. Um, especially with a rookie quarterback coming in. And, you know, the team obviously did not perform up to expectations the year before. Cam, no cam, doesn't matter. Um, you know, Vegas said they should have won nine games. They never even came close. I think fact, I think that last win was like a gimme. I can't remember who they were playing. but yeah. um, Jets, I think. Who knows. But, I mean, their defense was fine. I mean, second in the league in points per game. Second in yards per play. Fourth in yards per game. Okay. Fifth in yards per play. And they were, I mean... It just didn't feel like that. It didn't feel like they were as good. But their offense, and here's where I don't think this is sustainable. They were the sixth best scoring offense last year in the league. But I really had to look back and see, like, how? how Yeah, I was like, how did they get this done? So, because remember, they didn't start off very well. It it looked like we were on our way to an easy cruising win at nine and a half for sure. But then, when I went back and went through the schedule, week seven, so 
Mac Jones starts off really pretty rough, you know, which you would expect for a rookie quarter. Starts off rough. But then week 7 through 13, they went 7 and 0. Oh. Hmm. Or sorry, 7 7 and 1. 7 and 1. Oh, no. Yeah, 7 and 0. Oh. Well, the week. Sorry. 7 and 0. Oh. His QBR was a 53.61 during those seven games. So average. Now, his just slightly above average. Now, his overall QBR for the year was only 50.9. So that 7 0 run was by far his best stretch. But then after that, he did hit the wall. Whether he hit the wall, people figured him out. His last four games, 49.27 on the QBR, and one and three was their record. Their only win was Jacksonville, and that one he had a 90.2 QBR. So if you take that out, that 49.27 looks a lot fucking worse. So he had his best week of the entire year against the worst team in the NFL, and it was their only win late. They faded hard and fast and going to the playoffs they never stood a chance of ever even hoping to win a football game so uh now our numbers do have them at nine and eight which is a slight over i don't quite see that happening vegas only has them favored in eight out of 17 games so vegas says that our numbers are off on new england here uh which just means they probably outperformed what they should have done last year which is throwing off our projections but I'm going to go with Vegas on that one. I'm going to say 8 and 9. And uh, the slight under, and I don't think that Fat Jones, Mac and Cheese, whatever you want to call him, the McCookie Monster, I don't think that he's going to be one of those second-year quarterbacks that goes over his to- total or is long for a lot of success in this league. So I'm going to go 8 and 9. I probably should go 7 and 10, but I'll stay out of respect. Out of yeah. fucking respect, that kid. So Belichick, one. I'll go eight and nine. Yeah, and I, and I do like you know they they did try to get some better. I mean they they brought in Devontae Parker, um, you know, and the the two tight ends. I guess it kind of worked. I mean Hunter and Jonah Smith together they put up really good tight end numbers separately. It's not what they what they've done in their past, but you know it's a it's a team effort over there in New England. So. Yeah, man, just one of the more interesting teams I think to watch this season, and um, I've yeah, I've got them, I've got them second place in this division. Um, you've got them. Oh, I guess you got them second place too. So yeah, we'll see how that plays out with the next team we're talking about. Well, you know we're going to the next team, which is the <laughs> New York J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets. Oh, mm. I was so excited to talk about the Jets. Uh, they had a stellar season, as they always do there in New York, 4-13 last year. Other uh, trend line is as follows, 2017. They expected to win five games. They pushed on that. Uh, 2018, 6.5 under. 2019, 7.5 under. 2020, 6.5 under. 2021, 6 under. Vegas cannot get these motherfuckers low enough, but <laughs> they're coming back for more. They put the over under six again because hope always springs eternal, Longhorn, yes. with all the rookie quarterbacks that this always. stupid fucking franchise always has. So what do you got on hmm. the Jets? Well, a few things. Um, it, let's break them up into categories. So the roster, I over the last two, three drafts, I really, really love what this team has been doing. Obviously, it's not going to pay off yet, and it never will pay off completely until they figure out if they have the quarterback right with Zach Wilson 
um, and, and, and it's not looking great. Let's just put it that way. Um, now, outside of that, um, you know, the what's 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 the fat right tackles name that went down um, that we hated coming out of out of Louisville because he oh, Mikai Becton. Like, yeah, when you're six eight or six nine or whatever the fuck he is, three hundred and eighty pounds. Like this is not hard to figure out. Um, I did not like him coming out because he's too fucking big. You just can't be that big in the NFL. You just it just it doesn't work for a reason. Uh, but I did, however, say that if that dude did work out to go along with Elijah Vera Tucker. And Lakin Thomason, who they brought in from San Francisco, and Connor McGovern, who's been a steady rock, uh, rock steady center for them for for a while. This had the making of a fantastic young offensive line. It's not looking like it's going to work that way. Uh, they had to bring in Dwayne Brown to place replace Becton. Um, but outside of that, the skill positions: Garrett Wilson this year in the first round, Elijah Moore last year in the second round at receiver. That's awesome! Bang bang. Uh, Receiving core to go along with Corey Davis, who they brought in. Uh, CJ Uzuma? Uh, how, how do you say his name? Anyway, the tight end from... Uh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. He's a really good tight end. Why, why can't we... Uzuma? Uzoma. Uzoma. Whatever. The tight end from Cincinnati who was... He cost uh, me money in the playoffs. I bet on him first touchdown in the fucking oh, divisional round or whatever it was. Imagine that. Oh, Christ River that you didn't get first touchdown at like <laughs> at like 20 to 1. Whatever. They brought him in. That's a, that's a serviceable tight end. They brought in Brees Hall. Drafted him in the second round this year. So there's just... You like a lot about what they're doing. Now on defense, you're also there. You like a, really like a lot of what they're doing. Carl Lawson was gone all last year. He's going to come back and, and provide a pass rush. They drafted a first-round pass rusher in Jermaine Johnson in the first round this year to go along with uh, Quentin Williams, who has been a stud in the middle of that defensive line for three years. And he drafted him in the first round in 2019. Uh, C.J. Mosley in the middle uh, at linebacker. They brought in Sauce Gardner, who should be an instant shutdown cornerback for them at uh, right there. And, and the rest of the secondary, it's not great. Honestly, this is probably the weakest part. Of this sec of this defense going forward, but however, what you're getting the point that they're doing things the right way with the roster. Um, but, but with all that said, th- this is a team that seems to be snake bit. Things just go wrong for them. The Beckton goes down. Um, Zach Wilson gets hurt in the preseason. They're going to have to start the year with Joe Flacco. Zach Wilson's going to come Improvement. in. Improvement. <laughs> it probably will be. It probably will be at the start. But but the point is. We know what Flacco can can just fucking throw some games away. And then when Wilson does come back and, and gets the starting job again, he's going to be cold. He's going to have to redevelop that chemistry with, with players. So all in all, and and it, when you do your when you do your uh, little little talk of the Jets, throw it back to me because I've got something I want to bounce off of you uh, that came out news today. But all in all, I've got them going five and twelve. I bumped it up from four and thirteen based on the news I heard today. But uh, what do you have? the Jets at and what's your breakdown for them yeah I'm actually a little bit more optimistic than I usually am on them um they're only favoring three games in Vegas so obviously that six wins is gonna be a big fucking stretch and you have to win a lot of goddamn games as an underdog and our numbers have them going under the six as well but I also landed at five and twelve I mean, they stink. They're the Jets. And for all the people that you just named and things that they do or whatever, uh, defense, 32nd points per game. How many teams are there in the NFL? About 45. 
I think there's 32. Oh, uh, let's see. Defense, points per play, 32nd. Defense, yards per game, 32nd. Defense, yards per play, 28th. Not quite 32nd. Third down success rate, 27th. Getting better. Fourth down success rate, which is becoming a bigger factor in, the, in mm-hmm. today's NFL. Go for 27th. it. 27th. So not great in the offense. I'm not going to read all this shit. There's nothing better than the 23rd ranked, and that's fourth down offense. Yeah, they're working uh, on it. They're working on it for sure. Yeah, they're a real, real bad football <laughs> team. But I do like you. I do like the additions. Some of the additions, I do. You know, maybe they get a little bit more healthy. I do think Joe Flacco actually does give them a chance to win a few of these first games, other than mm-hmm. Zach Wilson wouldn't have. So maybe they sneak out a few wins there uh, that they normally wouldn't have gotten. So I see a one in three in his. Uh, I, I, I'm assuming it gets four games that Wilson's going to be out. I, I, I can feel a one in three in that in that four game span. But what I wanted well, to bounce that would have been zero and four with Wilson. So <laughs> that's pretty. Maybe good. so. Maybe so. But what I wanted to bounce off of you, and this <laughs> this is why I've, I I had them scribbled down for four and thirteen, and I and I changed it to five and twelve simply on this alone. Uh, I don't know if you heard the news today, but obviously the, in the last couple days, all the teams have done their trim downs to the 53. Um, there's been, you know, some some teams pick up players from the, the, when players when good teams cut players, a lot of the bad teams will pick them up. And obviously, when the bad teams cut players, they usually just stay cut because you know they're bad teams. However, there's a real weird thing that happened over the last couple of days: the Jets. And when you take when you take the uh, the net of the players you cut to get picked up from teams, uh, opposed to the players that you pick up that are cut from other teams, the Jets were the highest team in the league on the net on that. They had they're plus seven. So the the players that they cut seven other seven players that they cut got picked up by other teams, and they picked up zero players from other teams. So, what does that tell you? That tells you that ugh, somehow, and I guess it's all—I guess it's just so many draft picks they've had over the last few years, and it's why I said that I really like the building that they're doing and the building blocks that they have. But it's—you look at the, all the other teams that were in that plus territory. It's all the—it's all the good teams. It's all the good teams that that had more players picked up than brought in. So, just a weird thing. You know, it, it doesn't mean that their roster is great by any means because it's definitely not, or at least it hasn't shown it to be yet. But that did make me think, hmm, you know, like they they cut a lot of people that got picked up by a lot of teams. So I don't know. It's just a weird thing. And uh, what, curious if you heard that and what your thoughts are on that. I didn't hear that, but uh, as the roster guy, I think that's definitely something worth you tracking going forward to see, like, okay – on the on the on the teams that end up you know net positive or whatever what did they do versus their win totals that would be yeah I think, I think that would be an interesting study and it, and it's it, it, it and the reverse was exactly what you would expect too like the bad teams um, who it, it was all the bad it was all the worst teams the worst rosters down at the bottom who um, their net was negative to where like they they picked up way more people from other teams that got released than teams picked up of their cut players. So it was exactly what you would think on both sides, except the Jets were the best, which is really weird. I can't, I'm not sure what to think about that. It is weird. Uh, All right, time to recap the AFC East. I've got the Bills winning 
the division, uh, 12 and 5, just to be conservative. They cruise to a 12 and 5. I'll say it that way. Cruise control. Easily can see 13 and 4. Uh, New England coming in second, 8 and 9 slot under there. Miami, 7 and 10 under there. And then the Jets, 5 and 12, uh, also under their win total and still in the basement. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I've got Buffalo 13 and 4, New England 9 and 8, Miami 8 and 9, and the Jets also at 5 and 12. So you had New England going over then? I did. I did, apparently. All righty. All right, boys and girls, we're going to move on to the NFC East and Longhorn. We're going to start with those Dallas (laughs) Cowboys. Last year. They went 12 and 5. Great year for the Cows. Uh, their over-unders follows 2017, 9.5. That was the under. That was Dak's second year again. Highest total. Uh, we already went over that. He's one of the ones that did not go over a second, but 9.5 wins. He had to win 10 games the second year to do so. Uh, 2018, they did go over 8. 2019 went under the 9. 2020, under 9.5. Last year, 9.5. They went over that, so Vegas is killing it on the Cows over, under, under, over. They're alternating with the one of the most heavily bet teams in the entire NFL. This year, their over, under is 10 and a half, Longhorn. So uh, Vegas expecting a full game upgrade from the preseason last year, but obviously versus actual uh, results, slight downgrade from last year. Yeah, it, the fact that I put them at 9-8 and eight this season instead of what I should do based on the roster I'm looking at at 8-9 and nine is strictly because Dak Prescott, Prescott owns this division and owns you know, these other teams. Like, like this, my God, this offensive line, like right now, and, I, and the news today was they're bringing in um, Fatty from Philadelphia. What's... What was his name? The left tackle that's been oh, bou- Peters. Yeah, they're bringing in Peters for a look. Whatever, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, like the the offensive line I'm looking at right now is Tyler Smith at left tackle, a rookie who struggles uh, with with you know keeping people in front of him. Connor McGovern, Tyler Badaz, 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 Terrence Steele at right tackle, and of course the All Pro Hall of Famer Zach Martin. Like that is, I'm sorry, that's. That's bottom third. That is a bottom third offensive line until proven otherwise. Um, you got a fullback starting at, at at running back and spare me all that bullshit. When he shows that he's the the former Zeke Elliott, I'll I'll fully say, yeah, Zeke is back. Until then, that dude's a fullback. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, C.D. Lamb is stepping into a role he hasn't done before as the number one. Gallup's coming off a uh, knee injury. Jalen Tolbert is a – I liked him coming out, but he's a rookie receiver. I'm like, this is garbage. This is fucking garbage. And uh, and 10 and a half, are you fucking kidding me? Like, no way. Now let's move to the defense. Uh, again, Dan Quinn worked a fucking he, – he, he was amazing last year. What he did last year with his defense was incredible. Now it does help when Trayvon Diggs gets 11 interceptions or whatever he ended up with. That's not going to happen again, so you're going to take a step back – in the turnover terror uh, category, uh, Makai Parsons, that dude, that dude's a Hall of Famer. Like, I mean, just mark him down already for the Hall of Fame. And if they plugged him in 
at defensive end to go along with Demarcus Lawrence, I would say, okay, you got you have a really good pass rush. However, it doesn't look like they're going to full-time. So right now I'm staring at Dorrance Armstrong and Sam Williams from the second-round rookie uh, opposite of, of Demarcus Lawrence. That doesn't make me feel great. I keep hearing about these great DTs, and you know I'll listen to your numbers on defense and, and um, specifically run defense if you've got that pulled up. But Neville Gallimore, Osa Odawanza, and Tristan Hill – no, man, this this is not this is not great. And the secondary, you know, it's 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 all the same guys as last year. So you know, they, it, they'll be what they were last year. And if and if Diggs gets another eleven picks, they'll be awesome back there again. But they're not going. To. So regression on defense, regression on on offense. They're lucky I put them in at nine and eight. I should really change it to eight and nine. What I really think this this roster is, but I'm gonna leave it at nine and eight because there's a good chance that they go four and two or better. In that division, so yeah, nine and eight for the Cowboys for me. Yeah, um, so I did struggle with them because of the I, I didn't struggle before, you know, the obviously the losing of Tyron Smith, which pretty much for the season. I don't know if that guy's going to come back. No. Gallup was already going to be you know out for the most part, but he was activated off a of pup today, so he's there's no four game. You know, ban automatic ban for him. Probably so, two, probably two probably, games. Yeah, probably be back week three or so, which is you know better than what was originally projected. Uh, now they're favored in eleven out of seventeen games this year in mm-hmm. Vegas. However, mm-hmm. Vegas was favored in ten out of seventeen last year. So even though Vegas is expecting, you know kind of a, a big upgrade from nine and a half to ten wins as they're saying preseason they're only giving them one more favored game that's not good enough to for a whole win so they're kind of cheating the market both ways by doing that uh but the bottom line with this team is like you said Dak so Dak owns this division Dak is 23 and 8 ATS in his career in this division that's ATS boys and girls that's not straight up he is an incredible 19 and 3 ATS when he is favored by three or more points. So when he's supposed to kick the shit out of the teams that are supposed to be the most familiar with what this man does and what he's capable of, they've got the most film, the most knowledge. When he's supposed to beat them by three or more, 19 and 3. That is a that is a level of dominance that Tom Brady could only dream about against AFC East opponents. So, this will continue. Now, do I see the defense regressing to the mean? Yeah, in some ways, but in other ways, I think that they can pick it up. I don't think Diggs has 11 interceptions, but, you know, if they can get a little bit better pressure up front, if they can just be a little bit better against the run, they can be more efficient in their yards per game and yards per play, which that's really the place where they struggled last year. Now, with all the turnovers... They kept their points against down, which helped them tremendously. But the offense is the thing that, that troubles me. They were number one in points per game, number one in points per play, number one in yards per game, number three in yards per play. They were awesome. All the way across the board, fucking awesome. Well, they don't have Amari Cooper. They don't have their left tackle. They don't have their second receiver. They're they're going to start, and I told you this like four weeks ago, and you don't believe me, but it's going to happen. They're going to start with CeeDee Lamb, on one side and Noah Brown on the other side of the field as a starting wide receiver 
for probably at least the first two weeks of the season. And no left tackle. And Dak, historically, I saw a stat on today, I think his his QBR or whatever drops like 20 points when uh, Tyron's not in the game. They're... Their yards per rush goes down a full yard, yards per carry. They're just not going to be as effective. They're not going to be as efficient. Dak's not going to have the weapons to throw to. And, you know, they did, I don't even know if he played this preseason, but in the scrimmages that they had, by all accounts, he looked terrible. He looked fucking terrible. The offense looked fucking terrible. Yeah. Everything looked fucking bad. Of course. Nothing looked good. Bad receivers and a bad line. It's going to look bad. So... Do I think that they're going to repeat last year? No, I do not. However, I'm also going to stick him at 9-8 and eight just because, again, Dax, he's going to go 4-2 and two with this division at a minimum. First of all, this division fucking sucks. Second of all, he fucking owns it even when they're decent. He still owns it. Mm-hmm. They haven't sucked this whole time, and he still just kicks the shit out of them. So, yeah, I'm, I got 9-8 and eight for the Cows uh, under for me on that. All right. All right, moving on to those New York football. Oh, Giants. <laughs> Man, these guys suck. 4-13 and 13 last year. Their over-under is something to behold. 2017, 9-under. 18-7-under. 19-6-under. 26 again. We'll push. 21-7. We're going to upgrade. Nah, under. 22 this year. They're going to stick with 7. Uh, and again, Daniel Jones is one of those quarterbacks second year. His overrunner was a six. He couldn't get that done. Yeah, that dude's on his way out of the league. Longhorn, uh, I, I, I expect you don't have too much in this shitty fucking football team. Uh, well, I mean, just depends. Like, I mean, do I think they're going to be good? No. Do I think that they're they're got these, you know, like all these bad teams? They have so many picks and so many high picks in the in the in each round that yeah, they are building some some interesting building blocks going forward. Um, obviously, it doesn't look like it's going to be Daniel Jones who's going to, um, you know, be a part of that future. Um, so we'll see. I've got them six and eleven, which should put them. What would you say the Vegas over was seven? Okay, seven. Jesus. Mm. Mm-hmm. All right. So I've got them six and eleven. I thought I was going to be a little a, a shade high on them, but I guess not. Uh, but like I said, bad team. But I do like what they're doing. I do like the coaching staff that they brought in. Um, and and again, you know, they they've two first round tackles in in 2020 and 2022. They're building the offensive line the right way. A little too late for Daniel Jones. Maybe the next guy can enjoy it. Uh, I didn't like Saquon coming out. I didn't like his running style. Um, so we'll see what he can do this year and uh, being healthy. Now on the defense. <clears throat> Uh, it's just I'm a trenches guy. I love what they've done on the de- defensive line with the trenches with Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, uh, uh, Aziz Ojolari last year out of Georgia, and this year Kayvon Thibodeau um, out of Oregon. That that dude. That's that's the start. That's how you start in the trenches and build. Uh, and Thibodeau out for the year though? No, I don't, I don't think so. I thought it was just MCL, and, he, and he's gonna be fine. Is it different? I don't know. I, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, I, I thought it, I thought that that little sprain that he had, they said it was just MCL and he's going to miss, uh, you know, a handful of weeks, but not season ending. Uh, look, I mean, what, what, I mean that'd be just the Giants' luck, you know, just you draft someone and they're out. Um, but, but yeah, I, look, it's not. It's. I mean, I put them at six and eleven. I've got just glancing at my sheet. I've got 
one, two, three, four, five, six. I've got like six, seven teams, uh, you know, right off the top of my head that I can think of and see that are six wins or less. So, you know, they're, they're certainly in that top seven or eight draft next year based on my records. Is that high enough to, you know, that's probably a good spot to draft my boy Will Levis out of Kentucky. Uh, we'll see how that all plays out. But, yeah, looks like they're heading to a new quarterback. They've got some interesting building blocks to build around the next quarterback, but this looks like a, a straight rebuild in a bad year. So 6-11, and 11, I'm actually surprised that the Vegas over-under is 7. I thought I was going to be like, you know, maybe a, maybe a half game over what the projections were. Yep, I'll, I'll keep it short. This team's garbage. Daniel Jones, garbage. Easy bet, under for me. It's one of our under bets, obviously, in Vegas. Uh, they're the fourth worst team in our power rankings. Or sorry, they were the fourth worst team last year. This year, they're projected to be the second worst team in our power rankings. And by the way, we were only two one thousandths of a point off on them in our initial power rankings last year. So, like Vegas has some teams nailed, we've got some teams nailed too. Now, I do believe this is a five and twelve team at best. Fuck all that. I'm going four and thirteen. They fucking blow. The wheels are gonna fall off as they always do. So. Sorry, Big Blue. See you later. No, they're not going to be that bad. Oh, they are. All right, moving on. And this is one of the reasons why. Those Philadelphia Eagles. Last year, somehow, they won nine games. Their over-under is 2017, eight games over, 18, 10 games under, 19, nine and a half under, 20, nine and a half under. Dropped all the way down to six and a half last year with a rookie quarterback. And they went over this year, though, from six and a half, and they did beat us. This is one of our four losses last year, and I did not see this coming, i got to be honest. Six and a half, I thought we were getting a <clears throat> gift at six and a half last year. <laughs> this year, it's all the way up at nine. Huge fucking upgrade preseason to preseason for Vegas. They're expecting the same amount of wins as last year. So, Longhorn, what do you got on those got? Damn, dirty Eagles. Yeah, not high enough. Love this roster. Love everything about what they're doing. Don't love the quarterback, but he, you know, I'll always leave room for for uh, improvement. And uh, this is a 12-win roster with a, you know, kind of a eight-win quarterback. Or, or what did they go last year with Hurts? What was their record? Uh, nine and eight. Okay, so a nine-win quarterback um, on a 12-win roster, in my opinion. I've got them landing at 11 and 6. Just love everything they do. They brought in AJ Brown at receiver. That should help. Uh, offensive line is going to be much of the same. Um, and on defense, they just did a trade two days ago, which I'm still kind of scratching my head over because uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson is one of the better um, kind of move around chess piece safeties. Uh, young safeties in the league. It must be a salary cap hit uh, or salary cap casualty. I'm not sure why New Orleans gave him up for relatively cheap from what I saw, but that took what was the only really weak spot that I saw that you can nitpick besides quarterback on this roster and just solidified that. So, my God, they, they really don't have a weakness. Um, if, if Hertz can take a next step, then 11 is short. If he's kind of the same as what he was last year, maybe you bump him to 10, but I think he's going to be slightly better. I'm putting him at 11 and 6 and winning this division um, somewhat easily, honestly. Yeah, so 
I'm just recalling from memory, my bad. He's not a 9-1 quarterback. My boy, the mustache, won one of those goddamn games last year. So That doesn't mean that he wouldn't have. It doesn't mean that he wouldn't have, but it does mean he didn't. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, fair enough. You can't win a game you're not there on, I guess. And uh, the uh, kid from New Orleans, apparently the backstory of that is the coaching staff fucking hates him. Really? He's a shithead. He's and, so good, though. Yeah, he's, he's so, so good, good. And he's going to have to get so paid pretty soon. And like, yeah, we don't want to pay this shithead, so huh. All right. let's ship him out of town and uh, somebody else could deal with him and we'll at least get something for him. Plus, New Orleans is fucking loaded. It's like not like they really needed him. I mean, they yeah, basically played a nickel corner for them, which I mean, it's an important position in today's game. But they're low. They are loaded back. Like New Orleans brought in Marcus May and the Honey Badger at safety yeah, so position. The, so he yeah, he became expendable, and he's a shithead, yeah, and he's right. going to be expensive. So win win for both. Win win for both. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, he's a great player. I think Philly. You know, as long as he shows up and plays football, he'll be just fine. Now they are favored in twelve out of seventeen games, which is more games. Then Dallas is favored, Man. so Vegas is definitely saying nine and a half to ten wins, more than the market. So, so Vegas is slow playing this one. They've got that number low. Now our numbers have them slightly behind Dallas, but that was before the timer stuff. So after I adjust them, they're not behind them anymore. I think it's still good enough for a ten for seven record. Uh, I would say, you know, like you said, this is the best roster in the division. If 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 Hertz can be an average quarterback, and all the Philly fans, if there are any Philly fans that still listen to this show, unless we talk shit about you and your stupid city. Mm-hmm. Uh, Widow without. Yeah, Widow without whiz. Uh, if your quarterback was not even close, to, he was terrible last year. He's terrible at every fucking metric that you could even imagine. So if he could just be average, not even average, he could be 20th, 18th. Somewhere in that fucking vicinity, yeah, you're going to win 12 games and you're going to cruise to the fucking division win. Cruise. Now, can he do that? Anything's possible. Will he do it? Nah, probably not. But you're so fucking good. And he found a way to, when they changed the offense, when they when they went to, said, fuck all this passing shit, let him do what he does, you instantly saw a turnaround in him. I'm going to go with 10-7 and seven, uh, final record. It's a lot better team than that, but again, I can't see him making that. That's a full game improvement. I think that's pretty good, and I think it's fair. Yeah, that's fair. All right, and we're gonna finish up with those <clears throat> fucking Washington Redskins. Yeah, I said I don't give a fuck. Always Call them the, the Redskins. football people for how many every years they were the stupid football people. Their name fucking blows. The Redskins. I don't care. I don't fucking care <laughs> and they don't care either because they suck at football they were seven and ten last year their over under is such as follow 2017 seven and a half under 2018 six and a half over 19 six and a half under 20 five and a half over 21 eight and a half under vegas is sneakily making a lot of money on these stupid fucktards just like every other fucking white man in the <laughs> mm-hmm. Easy. Ah, all right this year they're over under dropped a <clears throat> full game from eight and a half with uh fucking the journeyman what fitzpatrick to seven and a half with fucking uh wentz in fact it wasn't eight and the day they announced that they traded for carson wins it dropped to seven and a half vegas is not a fan of big red hmm. longhorn what do you got on these stupid redskins you know this thing is a little weird i mean whatever um 
Yeah, I've got them eight and nine. So I've got them going over. Uh, I think they're a better team than they were last year. The the net of what they lost versus what they brought in, I think, is better. So if they won, um, you said they won seven last year. Seven and ten. Yeah, and that was with basically a backup, barely type quarterback. So yeah, I'm going to eight and nine. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this team. I love Jahan Dotson. They brought in from uh, Penn State, I believe. To go along with uh, Scary Terry, uh, just and now <laughs> it's funny because Brian Robinson had won that running back job out of Alabama, and apparently Antonio Gibson wasn't happy and went and shot him up. So he's gonna be <laughs> he's gonna be out for a little allegedly. bit. <laughs> allegedly, of course. Uh, I don't really like what's going on with um, and why is his name escaping me right now? The defensive end. Uh, number one, Chase, Chase Young. Chase, yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, he's like, on the pup list, buddy. I know. So. Yeah, that his career is not trending in the right way, so he needs to turn that around big time. Um, but you know, look with with three other first round picks on that defensive line, and they drafted a second round uh, defensive tackle out of Alabama. Like, like I'm sorry, I'm not going to cry any tears for you. You should be fine. You should be fine. Now, if the coach can get that secondary back up to what it was two years ago, then you can see some uh, a little bounce back from what it was last year. We'll see how – I mean, it's much of the same players, you know. Like, it's really just a lot of the same players. So, we'll see what happens there. I'm optimistically putting them at eight and nine just simply because I think their talent is a little bit better than it was last year when they won seven. So, what do you got? Well, about once every – two or so of these division shows i gotta smack you around a little bit about a team and well here it is boys and girls um they're favored in six of 17 games right now so obviously vegas is telling you they're not gonna hit that our numbers even if we gave an upgrade of a full two points on our scale they would be staring six wins right in the face so uh the schedule is easier than last year Three of their eights, uh, they, first of all, they only have eight road games, not nine. That off, If you haven't realized that yet with this stupid 17-game schedule, some years you get eight, some years you get nine. So this year they only have eight. So that is or it's would the, be. It's the whole NFC this year has. Yeah. They got the advantage. That would be a big advantage to them if they weren't sub-500 since 1999 <laughs> when they moved in that shithole of a stadium they are. So that really doesn't matter. However... Their road games, three of their eight road games, are against Houston, Chicago, and Detroit, which are all teams that are ranked below them. So, at least you get to play the shitty teams on the road. That's what you really want. You play the better teams at home. So, um, and if you want to talk about defense and the way things are trending, first of all, all these first-round picks, all these fucking first-round players they've drafted the defensive line have done absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. They all are fucking underperforming. They are a mediocre fucking best. This team is the worst team I've ever seen to try to get off the field on third down. They did it again this preseason. When the starters were in there in the second game, they played almost the whole first half. They didn't stop. They did not. I don't remember what even team they were playing. They didn't stop them from converting a third down until there was like four minutes left in the second half. The team was six for six. They finally went six for seven. Are you talking preseason? This is with the starters versus starters. It's the same goddamn problem that they had all year last. They were 31st on third down success on defense. It killed them the entire fucking season. 
They haven't stopped it. They're not going to stop it. They're not going to change because Ron Rivera is still running the same shit. They figured him out. These players up front can't do shit. Nobody gets any pressure when it fucking counts. Nobody can cover fucking anybody. And like you said, their best player is supposedly Chase Young. He don't fucking play. And their offense looked like absolute fucking garbage with Wincy in the whole time. They didn't convert a third down until there was two minutes left in the whole fucking first half. And guess who did that? Taylor fucking Heineke, because they finally pulled Wentz, and then they finally, in some backups, got a goddamn first down. They fucking suck. Their offense sucks. Their defense sucks. This team, only because they do have such pedigree people, and, they, they, and they're and they more of a veteran team now. They're not as young. They will win some games, but, I mean, I guess I got them going 7-10. and 10. That's being very fucking generous, letting them go 7-10, and 10. only because Wentz is an upgrade. But again, <clears throat> overall, they're not they haven't fixed a, they have not addressed a single issue they had last year. And in fact, they've got worse. I don't know what you're talking about. They lost the only offensive lineman they had that was worth the shit. He's gone. They're only all pro on the whole fucking team, gone. And they had problems <clears throat> with fucking up front up front pressure and running the ball last year. So I don't know I, I have no idea where you're seeing improvement at all other than, other than a guy that's <clears throat> yeah, other than that, but net net Okay, that's basically the same fucking team. Yeah, okay. Uh, and he went to a better team in, in Indy, and they got worse. And they got worse. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm looking something up. I'm, I'm, I'm looking things to challenge you with. Uh, I guess I'll start with this. Look, uh, while you were talking, the defensive line that you hate so much, uh, Allen was the third-ranked defensive tackle. Per PFF rankings last year. The PFF is garbage. They're garbage. Oh, my God. Okay, then there's no point. They're the 31st-ranked team on fucking third down. They cannot get off the field. Nobody can get any pressure when it matters. Nobody can get them on. Nobody can make a play when it fucking matters. Are you talking last year, or what about the the year before when it went to the playoffs with Tyler Heineke? Like, I mean... Tyler Heineke, Heineke, whatever. Like, like, I mean... (laughs) You're... It just doesn't make sense. Like they've been a good defensive line for since they've been drafting all these dudes. They've been that one year they came together and were a good defensive line, and then we went back and thought saw how we were fooled because they played against a collection of the overall the worst offensive line. So one good year and one bad year, and you're focusing on the bad year and you're saying we were fooled. How about or what if the one good year when Chase was at least serviceable? That was the real them. I mean, like, I don't understand what you're saying. They still weren't good on the third down. They just got more sacks and more turnovers. Because that's how, what that leads to. Well, good players get sacks. Good pass rushers get sacks. Well, what did they do last year? Nothing. Well, okay, Chase, you know why? Because they Chase played wasn't better there. Teams. No, they Chase. played better teams. Well, I mean, so they're playing worse teams this year. So they should, so they should be. Oh, this is a five-win football team, sir. Okay. But their schedule did get easier, so I'll give them seven. And by the way, this is the other thing I was looking at. They're, they're, and I, mean, I know PFF is garbage now. I guess, I guess, I mean, what do they know? They don't, I mean, they don't know anything. But like per PFF, <laughs> they're they're the fifteenth-ranked offensive liner now, even losing uh, uh, homeboy who is who is awesome. But like you go up and down the, the ratings list of their offensive line, there's no stars. But it's a lot of solid. And, you know, like you, you listen to offensive line people, sometimes that's just what you want is five solid dudes who are just going to, like, do their job and, and, and bring their lunch bell and go to work. But so what seven and – I mean, we're off by one game. We're arguing about – we're off – I got them eight and nine. You got them seven and ten. It's not that far off. But, 
Yeah, but they're not a seven-win team. Their schedule. Then why'd you put them garbage. at seven? Because their schedule's garbage. So they're gonna win seven, but they're not really a seven-win team. Okay, well, I mean, they're gonna be. You, you are what your record is. So I mean, they're gonna be seven wins. Yeah, at the end of the day, you are what your what your record says that you are. We uh, always fight about this fucking team. I swear to. And who's always fucking right and who's always fucking I don't know. Right? Were you right were you right two years ago when they went to the playoffs? Uh No. No, you weren't either though. You had them sucking. Well, whatever. I was wrong last year. You were wrong the year before. So, like, I mean, it's We'll see. I don't think they're going to be good, but I just and I actually don't really necessarily like some of these other bad teams like the Giants and the Jets. I don't even really like the way they're necessarily building. <laughs> but but you know, I do think they're a little bit, just slightly better team than they put on the field last year. So I'm going to bump them up slightly. But I don't, right. but I don't like what Chase Young is doing. He's he's looking like a bust, man. That's not that's not going good. It's not going well. All right, we got to move on with this recap because we got to get the rest of this shit. So Philly, I got a winning division, ten and seven. Dallas nine and eight. Uh, the Skins seven and ten, and the Giants bring up the rear at four and thirteen. All right, I have Philly eleven and six, and that feels short. I should change that, but I'm not going to. Dallas nine and eight, Washington eight and nine, and the Giants at six and eleven, and that is it. All right, we're gonna move on quickly through our division winners. We just told you, or at least I just told you, I've got the Bills and Philly winning the AFC and NFC East. Same, Buffalo, Philly. All right, on the AFC, NFC North, I've got Baltimore winning the AFC North. The Packers winning the NFC North. Same, Baltimore, Green Bay. All right, AFC South, NFC South, I got the Colts and the Bucks. I have Indy and New Orleans. That's a bold call. It's a bold (laughs) call, Cotton. All right, AFC and NFC West, Broncos and Rams. Oh, shit, Broncos. I've got the Chargers and the Rams, so... Yeah, the Broncos are my bar- that's that's my bold call. Six out of eight, we have the same. That's about right. Yeah. All right, moving on to the uh, wild cards in the NFC. I've got De- remember you get three. I've got Dallas, San Fran, and New Orleans as my wild cards. And I've got Dallas, Tampa, and Minnesota. Oh lordy, you've got the Bucks missing the playoffs. You got no, Tom Brady missing the playoffs. Oh, I said Tampa, Tampa. No, you said Dallas. I said Dallas, Tampa, and Minnesota. Oh, I was reading much. Okay, my bad. All right, AFC uh, wild cards. I've got the Chiefs, Bengals, and Titans. Oh, you know what? I need to change mine because I did a last-minute edit on this. So what would it be? Can't be them. Oh, God. Oh, okay. I see it. So mine would be Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Denver. What'd you say for the three wild cards? KC, Cincy, and the Titans. Okay, so Denver is yours, or Tennessee is yours. Denver is mine. But you got them winning, so that's that's the same. So I I skip straight to the AFC and NFC championship game after this, so I don't have anything in between that. Oh, well, all right. I, I don't. I'm not dealing with this. Just just go to the AFC and NFC championship game, and then we can go to the Super Bowl. Okay, AFC Championship game. I've got Buffalo versus the Broncos with Buffalo winning. At Buffalo's at home in that one? At home, yeah. Okay, I got the Chargers at Buffalo with Buffalo winning. All right, and NFC, I've got the Buccaneers at the Packers. <laughs> and Swami Boy does it again. The oh, Bucks my win. God. 
What a fucking lazy bitch. Just fucking <laughs> right in the, the fucking comment. I put the Rams at Green Bay and Green Bay winning. So I've got Buffalo and Green Bay in the Super Bowl. I've got Buffalo and the Bucks. And? And Tom Brady wins and goes out on top, baby. Tampa oh, Bay. Get the fuck. Tampa Bay is a Super Bowl mm-hmm. champion. Yeah. I've got Buffalo finally getting over that hump and winning the Super Bowl, and nobody will be cheering harder for them than me because, man, have they earned it, and those fans have fucking earned it. Yeah, that definitely would not break my heart. I do love that team and uh, everything they got going on up there. All right, boys and girls, that was all. Them wins coming to the air tonight, baby. It's time you've all been waiting for. It's time for those free. I said free picks of the week. Longhorn. Lay it on. All right. I'm going to give you two free picks. And I actually should have checked with you because I don't know if this is going to burn any of yours. But I'm doing Philly over, I think you said nine, nine and a half, whatever it was. I'm going to go over that. I'm going to go over on Buffalo, too, just because I think they're a team on a mission. So Philly over. Buffalo over. Two best bets. Nope, don't have either one of those, but I do like them both a lot. All right, I've got three best bets for you. <laughs> Miami, those Dolphins, under the nine, bye-bye, Tua. Time for you to go back to Hawaii, and you and mm-hmm. Manti can do whatever it is you people do over there. I don't know, live in paradise? What, what's so fucking bad about that? Mm-hmm. All right, the Giants, under seven. I hate to say it because I hate labeling shit like this, but it is the best bet of the offseason. Seven wins just seems like manna from heaven. I don't know why that's out there, but uh, bye-bye Daniel Jones. You can maybe hit your ride with Tua. Maybe you can go live on an island, too. I don't know. Who? Maybe they'll let you be there. Everybody's fucking... going to Hawaii, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. And then bonus best bet, the University of South Florida under four and a half wins. Now, they will beat. They're going to lose at home to BYU. That game might be more competitive than you think it will be, but they will lose this week. The next week, they will beat Howard. And maybe East Carolina at home in a couple weeks. And probably at Temple, they get a win. But that's it. They're going to be a three-win team all day long, and that is being very generous. Easy, under four and a half wins. University of South Florida. Sorry, Bulls. It's not going to happen for you. The Bulls. All right, we've given you every breakdown of every division. We've given you all the money for four straight, a whole goddamn month. And if you're already subscribed, you got a two-and-one on your first college football Saturday. Longhorn, yes. if they haven't heard it yet, mm. tell them about that fabulous website. Don't let them miss out on any more of this fucking free money, baby. I swear to God, if you have not signed up yet, you are just doing sports so wrong. Uh, so... You just do it. Like, I mean, we're two and one. This is going to be a great year. Like I said, Labor Day weekend, 23 and six a few years ago. I feel like Bo Cephas is going to throw another 23 and six out. I'm going to be drunk in, in Corpus Christi, <laughs> sand plowing some dirty brunette whore. That's just what happens. <laughs> All right, you glorious singers. That's going to wrap up another award winning episode of the Football Glory Hole podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the sports patio next week and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five star rating so we can pay those bills. 
We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and on our social media platforms. So stop being sports stupid and use them all. But more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and Bocevas, as always, in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on the guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. God damn it, people never pay a bookie against them. Time to take a sip of it.